0: Welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Hey, I want you all to know that your voice and your presence matter. Each and every one of you have extraordinary and unique gifts, but things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those gifts into our world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I wanna say thank you to the show's sponsor, Hope Writers. Hope Writers helps writers write meaningful words without sacrificing their meaningful life. They currently have their doors open for enrollment this month, and as a member myself, I highly recommend you join if you're an aspiring author. You can head to rachelgilbert.com forward slash hopewriters to take a fun 30-second quiz to see what stage of writing you're currently in all right now on to today's firecracker of a guest my friend elisa keaton Now, Elisa is the leading certified wellness professional with more than 20 years of experience. She's passionately dedicated to serving the Lord and is the founder of Revelation Wellness, a nonprofit ministry dedicated to educating and inspiring people to live healthy and whole lives in Christ. And I know if Elisa were here today, she'd be like, oh, Rachel, why are you reading my stuffy bio? So that was her stuffy bio. But I promise you, we're going to dig into Elisa in this episode episode. You're going to love her. To date, she and her team have trained up and sent out into the world over a thousand wellness professionals who carry the message of what it means to love God, get healthy, be whole, and love others. Her book is called The Wellness Revelation, Lose What Weighs You Down So You Can Love God, Yourself, and Others. And it takes an in-depth look at what it means to be transformed by God's love from the inside out. So I am a revelation wellness instructor myself. We'll get into that a little bit in today's episode, but uh, really there just aren't enough words to give this woman a adequate explanation. So let's just go ahead and introduce you to my friend and my mentor, Elisa Keaton. Hello, Elisa. How are you?
1: Rachel, I'm really good. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk with you.
0: This has been a conversation a long time in the making, I think. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to get it on the books for a little while now. <laughs> busy, busy ladies, yes. But yeah. this was the
1: this was the time. The Lord knew this day, this week. In this month, yes.
0: Yes. And it's funny, before we hopped on the call, we were just talking about how those of you who are doing the sugar fast with Revelation mm-hmm. Wellness, we're, <laughs> we are currently, as we're recording in day three, I kind of chuckled. I was like, hmm, <laughs> this is funny. So, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. We're both feeling like a little, a little,
1: a little less of ourselves, but we're becoming more of ourselves. Like we're, we're breaking through to the other
0: side. Yeah. I have to confess, last night was my rough night. I was losing it in my house. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I in bad mood? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm detoxing and I had a headache. I'm like, I never have headaches. Why do I have a headache? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's kind of funny. But I have to also say, Rev is, Revelation Wellness is the only group I would like to go through a sugar fast with. That's the only yeah. way to do it. <laughs> I, don't so I, I don't know how you muscle through on your own. That would be very rough. So. Oh, no joke. I know.
1: I, I know we talked about about putting this on the website for people to come, you know, do in their own time, and which we probably will still do. But I'm like, I don't know how far I would make it without. I mean, if you do end up going through it by yourself on the website, go find another friend, go find like two or more people. Because yeah, if it wasn't for the collective of us together, I don't know, I'm sure I would find other excuses. But I'm also like not doing it for other people. But I feel the empathy of everyone and like, no, we're going to get some, the Lord is going to be really mighty. Like we're humbling ourselves and in, in, numbers don't equal power. Right. But agreement does. And there's a lot of agreement going on. So I'm just like, it's going to be great.
0: I um, yeah. believe it. Yeah. yeah, well, before I tell everybody how I met you, one fun thing I've been doing actually recently is in my intros, I always read the pretty, you know, bio that you guys <laughs> send my way. So I've been asking my guests, what is something if we wouldn't had coffee, you would tell me that I probably may not read in your bio. Something you wouldn't read in my bio, gosh. These have been the most fun answers ever. And I don't warn you guys I'm asking this Uh because I want you to be on the spot.
1: Oh, I think I sometimes feel like I'm the most unlikely person to be here. Like, I just think this is not, um, she's like, I really should rewrite the bio. (laughs) Uneducated, unqualified, like ordinary woman who believed God. Like, so uh, it's just, I scratch my head that Rev is doing what it's doing, that I get to sit on podcasts with friends and talk about Rev and, and carry other people's dreams too. I don't know. I just think, Unlikely. I cheated through high school English. I cheat. I, oh, I never read a book. I never read a book, a, a full book. I mean, I read like, you know, little books when I was a kid, but a full like novel until I was a sophomore in college. So the fact that when God called me to write, I it was hilarious. I just had my argument with him, like Moses being asked to speak. I'm like, you are, do you remember? I'm the girl who cheated through high school English. She's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember you never all of it. But that that's
0: what's funny. That's just it's a funny haha to me. I love it. Okay, so on your bio, I'm going to add author who cheated her way through English. <laughs> school, yes. Cheated her okay. English, yep, all through high school. Yes, never read a book. Author who never read a book
1: yeah. until she was in college. There you go.
0: Yes, I love it. I love it. Oh, that's why I love that question so much. I think so many of us can relate to that. I wish the experts would let us put all that stuff in the bio. <laughs> I tried that once, and they were like, then you all sound like not confident. And I'm like, right. look, I'm not confident in myself anyways. I'm confident in who God is is me. So <laughs> it's so true. It's
1: so true. Praise yeah. God.
0: Yep. Okay. So we have a lot of things to talk about today. I'm going to just Figure out where we're gonna start. Before we do that, I want to tell people where I met you. Um, oh, I actually—I yeah. don't even know if you remember totally, but met you at the Declare Conference. Yep. Which is super exciting, full circle, because you're speaking at the Declare Conference I know, in like a month from <laughs> yeah. now. Or so yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yay, God, you're so fun. But I remember I met you. You had a table at the Declare Conference for Revelation Wellness. And I met you shortly after I had decided I was going to quit fitness because I had been burned one too many times as a fitness instructor and had gone to a training where the trainer just totally tore me up one side and down Mm -hmm. the other almost mm-hmm. made my husband go up and tear his head off for the things mm-hmm. he said, you know, so I was just like, I remember coming to the end of like, I'm done. This is for the birds. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then mm-hmm. I met you and heard about Revelation Wellness. And I was like, huh, okay, what's this? So <laughs> so I would love to for you to share a little bit about Revelation Wellness and kind of where mm-hmm. the heart for that began.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've loved fitness i was very much an active kid you know just trace that back to riding bikes climbing trees i just loved being active in 1985 i took my first fitness class and that was like in a tiny little studio with a record player in the corner the instructor goes over and puts the needle on the record and we begin to whirl around and dance to the Blues Brothers album. It was it was the record of the Blues Brothers soundtrack. And I don't know what was going on, but I loved it. And I'll get I'll full circle that now because I understand now neuroscience. I understand now what God's trying to do through the ministry. But then it was just like, wow, I really liked that. I remember laying on the floor of the cool down. And just thinking to myself, I I had the thought, whatever that woman just did, I'm going to learn to do that one day. And I didn't even know you could learn to do like it was aerobic fitness was so new. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that. And and I, I know looking back, that was the Lord putting a call, putting a vision into my life. And so I began to just enjoy fitness, taking fitness classes, going to the gym. I don't know. It felt really good in that time of my life, too. I was 14, and things were falling apart in my family, in my my home life, and school, and all those things at 14 that are just you're fighting against. And my parents were believers, but not doers, if I could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, and I don't mean that. I don't, you know. We, our doing should come out of our faith, like works come out of faith, like being certainty. My parents had faith, but I didn't see anything really change from it. So I just kind of grew up trying to figure all life out. Fitness became an outlet for me. I liked boys. I, I was trying to live in the world and I didn't know really, I believed in Jesus, didn't know really what that meant, just like kind of having a faith, but didn't do anything with it. And it wasn't until I got into my twenties. I went through fit. I loved fitness. I just kept going back to it. Like I just liked being, I liked helping people to get better. I liked people that had goals. I, and I, I was passionate about it and I loved people. It was just a really good place for my heart to be. And then I got married and I was a personal trainer and very successful because my body also responded well to fitness. I did some fitness shows, not because I wanted to, but because somebody told me I would be good at it. Like Oh, okay. Then I'll try that. I ended up hating it. I didn't like starving myself. I didn't like the, I just didn't like it. The getting the accolades can be kind of like, well, that's nice. But I, I know the Lord cut my, shut my heart down to that so that I wouldn't have an eating disorder or really get into dangerous places. So I didn't do much of that, but I was very much looked the part of a fitness trainer. I got married and just my heart was shattered. Like I was just in different places. I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel satisfied in my husband. I didn't feel, and again, I didn't get married with Christ at the center. I didn't, God was just over in a corner somewhere. But I started to see my clients as like, I really wanted to help them and couldn't fully help them. Like it always was a cycle of you could help them for a while and then they'd put the weight back on and then they'd be depressed or sad about it. And it just felt like we were kind of chasing a, a circle all the time, this elusive thing. And then Jesus enters my life because my life is broken. My life is sad and it was really once i had relationship a real relationship with him like really was hearing him calling me towards himself because my heart was so sad and broken again i had it all on the surface but nothing inside that once i started listening to his voice hearing the gospel really for the first time that i started to then begin to see my clients very differently. I couldn't see them the same way. I started seeing them with spiritual eyes and seeing that they are just as sad as I am. I might not be sad about my body, but I'm sad about my husband who's not choosing me. And yet they're sad because they think their husband will choose them if they change their body. Like We're kind of all chasing similar things of love and belonging and satisfaction. And so God started really tinkering with my mind and saying, Hey, do you want to do it my way? Do you want to do it with me at the center? And my answer was, no, I don't, no thank you, because (laughs) people will think I'm crazy, like no, no. And I resisted for a few, maybe two years as I was growing in the Lord. I mean, I was a baby Christian, a Christian by name, but baby and understanding the power of the gospel. And he just kept coming after me with the vision of what it would look like to help people this way. And because I really wanna help people, I finally just said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. But I made the agreement with him. Fine. I will do it. I'll start writing for you. Cause he wanted me to write something. I was like, fine, I will do it. But only if this has to go beyond just helping people lose weight, this has to make a difference in the world where we kick physical and spiritual poverty in the teeth. Like we got to get after the thing that causes whatever it is. Like it just, I just saw this hand exchange of like, helping those that are really in need, because I truly believe as as people of Christ, if we are fit for our mission of being loved and loving people, like we'll go out and do the thing, whatever it is, we'll be the hands and feet, but it's because of our overflow. So now I'll come back full circle. What I really understand now is what Revelation Wellness does, because people go, it's just fitness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. But we know so much more now about brain and neuroscience that we all come to Christ. I, my heart is to go after the church, like after the bride of Christ, because the bride is bruised and battered and, and she's hurting and she's bitter. And she's, you know, because if the bride of Christ was really healthy and whole, man, what we would see on the earth today. But we're, we're busted up because we all come to Christ busted up. Right? Jesus came for the sick. He didn't come for those who were doing great. He came for those who are like, and need a savior. Okay. So all that happens to us in the limbic part of our brain, the young part of us, the part of us that has operated through life to just survive and get by. As we grow into our full brain of the prefrontal medial cortex, that doesn't happen until we're like 25 years old. And by that time, we're carrying a lot of garbage around. You know, If we didn't, weren't growing up in a really solid Christian family, teaching us some solid truth, not only teaching us, but showing us how to ask for forgiveness, showing us how to you know, be sacrificial, living, showing us humility, which I didn't have. So my brain, although I believed in God, in my heart, nothing was changing for me. And I know I'm talking to people out there that feel like, yeah, I love Jesus, but, but they don't feel free. They don't feel transformed. So there's salvation, which we have in Christ. Everyone gets, y- y'all get it. That's amazing grace. Everyone who just believes in the name of Christ, salvation. Then there's sanctification, that leads to transformation. It's the sanctification part that's really, really hard. So now we know that the brain is really trying to cleanse itself from these young things and memories we have so that we can think with high thought and reasoning up in our prefrontal medial cortex. But if all of our pain in life has been stored down in our emotional brain, which is the limbic brain, We will continue to live out of that space where Jesus renews our mind. He takes us higher. He connects us. He creates new neural pathways. When Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind, don't conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that isn't just a nice little sentiment. It's actually scientifically proven that we can renew our mind. And one of the most powerful ways to renew our mind, you guys, just listen up, is to actually think about new things. Speak new things and move our body as an active like obedience, because I think it's Chris Ballatin who says physical obedience releases spiritual blessing. Mm. You have to act on it. We have a body to actually move about and go do that thing. Um, So Revelation Wellness is really. Uh, meant, uh it's brain health. It's brain health. It's body. Yeah, the body, the body's going to get healthy, but the brain gets healthy. And because we, every class and everything we have is rooted in the word of God, it really helps people to not just sit and hear a good sermon, but actually activate. So they have to move their bodies and hear a beat and clap their hands and, and, you know, and breathe and align and think about their body in space. It really is like a born again space. Was it Nicodemus who asked Jesus, can you be born again? Is it Nicodemus? I can't remember. I might be getting it wrong. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) How are you born again? How do I go back in my mother's womb? This is you're born of the spirit and everything about revelation wellness is just Spirit, come. Spirit, direct my flesh. And then it renews our mind so that we can actually become the people, the bride of Christ that is healthy and whole and on mission.
0: Yeah. Well, you just beautifully summarized actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. And I'm going to just kind of tie it up with a pretty bow. I was going to ask you, you know, one of the things that Rev. We say a lot is it's not about the fitness, right? (laughs) And (laughs) you know, and people are always like, "What does that even mean?" You know, and um, I kind of just want to give voice to something that I have seen, and I've I've heard other people wonder about the difference is, and I think you just answered this, but you can add anything to this if you want. Is that oftentimes when people learn about Revelation Wellness, they Mm go, "Oh." I already have my group fitness certification. Oh, I'm already a Christian. So let me just marry those two things and I can just do the same thing. And I don't, and I'm just like, I'm just giving voice to this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And letting people know who are listening that there is such a huge difference. Like that you, that Rev is not just slapping a scripture on fitness. Come on. Right. And, um, so if you want to add any, any more thoughts to that, feel free to. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And
1: I think, you know, I, I want to make it clear. I think if you love Jesus and you love fitness, could you go out today and start teaching? Totally. Just, just start going. Just, just do something with it for sure. If you feel that you don't, you don't need me or someone else to say you're ready, but I would say it's a posture of having to humble yourself and really seek the Lord Because this is, you got to seek first his kingdom, not a business plan. Like I think a lot of people will be like, hey, I could do that and oh, make some more money over here. And oh, that would be nice for me. And listen, I kind of did that too for a little bit at the beginning because I didn't understand really the depth of, wait a minute. God wants to meet with me first. He's got to do the work in me of getting me free. So I go and set others free. What happens is we get a vision of, hey, I could go do that and help other people. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's a great idea. How about I help you first? Because mm-hmm. you have to teach only what you know. And so I think Rev just holds a place for um, disciples, discipling people come in. Let's let's let the Lord meet with us. Let's let him sanctify again. That's the burning process so that transformation can come because we all say we have salvation. yes, but Revelation Wallace it really is. It's a beautiful I'm it's still one of my favorite things. and Rachel, you come to retreat and see it too. like watching these people go from fear to fearless, just yeah. fully in the blood, like that that just the sweat, the tears, the and and the other thing too. I could go back to um, the. I'm I'm really intrigued by just what God's doing with our minds right now, and just mental health, behavioral, brain health. But we know that animals in the wild. So if, if you have an animal that's being hunted in the wild, if they get attacked by an apex predator that they will fight and try to get away, which is what we do, which is part of our limbic brain is our fight, flight, response, or freeze. That's what we do. We have those same tendencies, fight, flight, or freeze. Animals do that, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, but an animal, once the fight is over, should they live, even though they're battered and bruised, they will, you know, the, the fight is over, then the animal within minutes will begin to shake and sweat It will just shake and sweat and pant and breathe excessively. And after a few minutes, and that's called discharge. They actually call that discharge. It's so that their brain can reset. And after, for an animal, after that discharge happens, it's as if it never happened. And the animal goes on to live, right? Just goes on and they'll live. And it's actually studies say that if the animal doesn't discharge, if for whatever reason it doesn't, it will die like it doesn't last much longer, it dies. And so people go, when I heard that, Michael, that's what fitness kind of is for us. It's kind of that sweat, shake, move, like, let's get, let's shake this off with the intention of God. I'm stuck. I'm afraid. I'm whatever I am. I'm, I'm thinking unhealthy. Then that kind of that, that shakes us back. But animals, you know, people go, well, why can't we just do that and not have to you know, why can't we just have what animals have? Well, we have we're made for relationship with God. So we have to come to the one who made us and shake and sweat and talk and discharge, let down, slacken, let go so that he can come in and be the king of kings, lord of lords, and lead us through that valley which leads us to a mountaintop. So that's what we see at retreat happen, is people just,
0: you know, everyone thinks, I'm fine, I'm good, I dealt with that a long time ago. I'm like And Mm -hmm. here it comes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I think you just totally hit the nail on the head. There was actually in the beginning, I would try to figure out what does make Revelation Wellness different. Because it's like, you know, there's something different, but you can't put your finger on it. It's like, well, I like the difference. I don't know. We're going to ride the wave. (laughs) You know, I don't don't have to figure out what it's just, it's, it's, we're here and it's fun. But I have learned what the difference is in that is I, you know, I'm in school studying to be a marriage and family therapist. And it's funny Mm -hmm. because all of my professors. Professors. They say, you know, what makes a good counselor of somebody who is, who is really self-aware, which means as I am studying all this stuff, all this stuff is coming up. Like, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I thought I was free. What in the world? And so while the information I'm learning in school is extremely valuable, the most valuable thing that I have encountered in schooling is my own freedom, you know, yeah. and, it, and it, hits the, it hits the nail on the head exactly to what you're Every talking time. about here is it's that's why you can't just run out and do Something because God's uh-huh. like, He almost wants to. I envision like a slingshot, He's got to pull you back, you know. And let's deal with yeah. some stuff, let's have some tension, some uncomfortable yeah. tension, even. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll, you know, then He can release us. And if you think about that, then that means we're going to be catapulted even further and Amen. launched, you know, even further than yeah. if I had just gone out there and like tried to, you know, muscle it on my own and do it in my own yeah. strength. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's such a value. I know we don't like it because most people in fitness just type like to go. I got a plan. Let's go. Most, most people, but no, it's such a beauty of just being pulled back. Let him, let him have the tension, like you said, and and nothing grows that isn't under tension. And he's more about, and there's something I always have to remind myself, he's more Interested in just me, like just being with me than what I can do for him or who I, you know, yes, we should, we're compelled to go out and spread the gospel, but it has to come from my abiding place that me and him are so entwined, just like Jesus and the father that I just Go out and freely give, however, I can give in very whether I teach a fitness class or just go to the grocery store and really be present to the people around me. That takes self awareness just these days, just to be aware of, wow, my really what you know, how many times are people driving our car and you don't even know how you got to where you got, you just drove there on autopilot. Like, we're dangerously unaware, and I think this coming back to ourselves is part of what fitness and wellness, uh, especially in revelation fitness
0: provides. Yeah. Okay. So my next question for you is in relation to mothers and daughters, I'm actually doing my research project on um, a mother's influence on her daughter, especially in the area of eating disorders. Mm. And so far the evidence is 110%. Yes. The mother influences like, and, and there's actual journal articles that have done studies and backed it up. So I'm curious, I, I know you've done some teaching on this before. What are your thoughts on a mother and how she influences her daughter, obviously mm-hmm. her body image, but also her, her eating patterns, all that fun stuff?
1: Yeah, well, for sure. 100%. I would I agree with that. Growing up myself, I saw a mom who really hated herself. My father was unfaithful to my mom in their marriage quite a bit. And so I would see, I remember watching her like run up and down the stairs, like trying to lose weight, really trying to just get his affection or attention And eventually it didn't work uh, because he kept his own brokenness, kept him doing what he does. It was never really about my mom, right? We can always go, this is just sin. We make it about ourselves, but people are broken and we get entangled with their sin. But um, then eventually she just stopped caring for her body. And I watched her go the other way, just put on excessive pounds and just over the years. And she's a beautiful woman, but just stopped and I will say revelation wellness does exist because I watched that happen with my mom in a way of like the not loving yourself and then kind of hating your own body, how you, how that works out. So I, at that point, I was like, I'm never going to do that. So I swung the other way. Like I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, and I became very much distance from, the Lord. I mean I wasn't even interested in the Lord, but using my body in a way that was unhealthy, promiscuity, like just not knowing what my body was for. So I've had to really relearn that and I have a daughter myself, so no better time to start relearning it with a daughter and knowing the Lord. So I know the Lord. Um, she uh, by the time I started walking with with Christ, it was pre-kids, praise God. But I'm a baby, right? I was a baby raising, I was a baby Christian, really in Christ, raising babies. So I look back and there's things that I would do differently. But the one thing I would never do, and I know I did well with Sophia, is she never saw me like stand on a scale or really obsessed about food. Because I knew, I knew that because I'm passionate about this, this is probably going to trigger her in some ways where the enemy wants to come take her. So I always just kept a healthy conversation about our bodies I don't know if your listeners may or may not know this. A lot of people don't, but I don't mind sharing it about three years ago or four years ago. I think coming up on four years ago, I had my breast implants removed. And that was really a call, a personal call that I felt an invitation of the Lord to say, would you like to not, you don't have to have them in and hear me when I say he wasn't going to love me less if I kept him in or love me more for taking them out. It just felt like this invitation to fully be myself and not, just not have them. And my daughter was about 10, 11 years old when that happened. And so she got to kind of be in that a little bit, that process of first understanding, mom, why would you do it? And like, she didn't know that they were not real. And why would you do that in the first place? I have to explain to her, like really just having open conversation of how we're all kind of tossed around in our mind and we believe lies. And sometimes when we believe lies, we'll do things drastically. And this one feels like a drastic thing for me. And I did it. And I want to make this clear. When I had my implants put in, I totally know that I did it out of a, will my husband love me more? I wasn't walking with Jesus. I was just kind of, I needed to look the part for fitness professional. So I just wanted to do it again. I like wanted to go over and do it again. Like I didn't, I made those at a time in my life that I just kind of regrets, like getting a bad tattoo, right? It's like going out and you're like, well, there's my Winnie the Pooh tattoo. (laughs) Well, you can go like redo it or something, but I felt like I want these out. And so I've really just kept an honest conversation with my daughter and letting her know, not pretending. Here's what I want to encourage moms not to do. When your daughter says, I feel fat or I feel ugly, whatever they say, don't say, don't do this. Oh, you shouldn't feel that way don't, don't shut them down like that. Like the, it's kind of what we do. Cause it's too much for us. Right. We kind of go, no, I feel that way. You're not allowed to feel that way in a way where it's like, if they say that it really is what makes you feel that way. And then they'll begin to unpack it Well, so-and-so at school or whatever, or sometimes they just go, I don't know. I just, when I look in the mirror, I think that. And you have to just go on the journey with them and empathize and say, you know, sometimes I feel that way too. And I understand, but I know that it's a lie that I have to continue to come to the cross with, with Jesus, that my body's great and your body's great, Sophia, but it's okay. If you feel that it's going to be your lifelong plight in many ways for you to continue to know how to fight against those lies. So I think just leaving conversation, that is what, I think has kept my, my daughter healthy in that department. We have other places, but when it comes to body image, she's, she's still feeling pretty good about herself.
0: Yeah, I love that practical advice. You know, I think that sometimes when we hear our kids say things that are actually root core fears of our own, yeah, it freaks us out. You know, like for me to hear my daughter say something about being fat, it's like, wait, I fear being fat, and now you're saying it out loud, and I wanted to break that curse, and oh my gosh, you know, totally. And then we go into like, in Jesus' name, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm I'm with you. I'm so there, Rachel. Like I'm literally in that today. I've just prayed to the Lord, like Lord, you have to increase my peace and my faith because they're still fearing me. I honestly it feels like the, the, the enemy just strikes me with my kids. Like mm-hmm. he just poof, gets me right there. And that's it. anything else. Like everything else. He really can't get me finances, the ministry. Those days are over. It's just my kids. And now I'm like, oh. That's how Jesus feels about us. Like our, mm. he loves us and he's going to protect us. His name is a rampart and a shield, a strong tower. We can we can hide in him and we will know the storm will pass. So, yeah. Oh,
0: that's yeah. so good. Okay, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about I grew up as a pastor's kid and my parents always had ministries. And I know firsthand that while ministries can kind of sometimes appear shiny and pretty on the outside, there's always behind the scenes that people don't always get to see. So I'm curious what have Mm -hmm. been your, but you just said, this is not a big thing for you anymore, but what have been been your biggest struggles with ministry? If there's any you can share.
1: For sure. Well, again, it goes back to uh, the long personal story for me was when, you know, again, I married my husband. I wasn't a believer. So there's a lot of history there where I just wanted someone to love me. I just Mm. wanted someone to love. I wanted to belong. I wanted to know I was safe. I wanted somebody that would keep their promises. My earthly father never kept promises. So I always, I just, I roll that up to the orphan spirit. Mm. I, I can access my orphan spirit quickly if I want to, because those are those are my limbic brain years. That's where I lived for a long time. Even though I had a prefrontal medial cortex, I couldn't reason very much. I lived in my pain for so long. My husband, I would say for many, a good 10 to 15 years of our marriage, he was not a believer. I was a believer. So there were some painful years there where I made ministry my covenant love in a way, because I wasn't being met by my husband in real life. I was being met with Jesus, or I thought I was as I was working with him in the ministry. But I look back and I can see some signs that I was ignoring of getting close, like you've it's turned into an idol. It's too much for you. You and and here's how you know you have an idol. It controls you, it makes you freak out. It it causes you to lose your peace, your confidence in God. Like wherever you've lost your confidence in God and you've made it about what you need to do and the people you need to hire and the things you need to do, it's it's an idol. And that started to happen pretty pretty quickly but but the lord is faithful to use our brokenness isn't he like he keeps using it like he planted good seeds in revelation wellness early on even though for me it was the place that i was getting satisfaction yeah so yeah he he really had to break it about that was about 3 years ago i think it was um just brought me to my knees with some revelation of things going on in my children's life that i had no idea about I mean, I, and I was just completely blindsided by it. I had to take a big three. I took a six month, I think I took a six or three or six month sabbatical from the ministry and I was done. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't ever want ministry again. It's too costly. Like I was mad and I'll just say I I was mad at God, but the Lord had to wrestle my heart to the ground saying you, I never asked you to do all that. I never asked you like, and I'm still your God and I am still the God of your children. And I had to reset of like, am I going to go back to ministry? Cause it felt costly. It felt like it cost me my, my children to some degree, but I also look back now and I know the Lord is working it all out, right? All things together for good, all things. And even if I had not done ministry, I would have done something, idolatry somewhere. I just, I made ministry an idol for years because I didn't feel loved on this earth.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the topic of idols because I feel like you speak on this better than most, like you just have a good perspective on idols. And here's something I've seen in my own life. And I think that people can probably relate is, for example, coming into the Rev family, you start to break down that idol of my body, right? All those Mm -hmm. like, you know, worshiping of it and being obsessive. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it's like, it it feels like what I see happen with idols is we slay one in one area of your life and it pops up in another area. And it kind of makes me mad because I'm like, wait a second, I just got victory in this area. And then it reared its ugly head over here in ministry or in business or in, Mm -hmm. you know, a a friendship. And Mm -hmm. like, how do you slay the stinking things for good? (laughs) I'll tell you what. Here, let me turn. Let
1: me turn to a little bit of scripture as uh, as um this Second Corinthians. Oh, man, this is my tiny little Bible. Um, I I just know that the reason that I will get lost in my own storm is because I am looking to the things that are seen, Mm. period. I am putting value, worth, identity, purpose in things that are seen. I am not meant for the thing. I'm meant for the unseen realm. Second Corinthians as it 4, 16 through 18 says, uh, so then we do not lose heart. Hold on, I'm still looking for it. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. All our outward circumstances, are they are so temporal, but... Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I get idols. Even my prayers become idols. Even my righteous prayers become idols when I am more focused on this seen thing than turning my eyes towards his face, his word, his presence. He's God. I, you and I, we have relationship with God of the universe. And he loves me that though the mountains shake and fall and the earth shatters away, me and him stand. So it's really, I make idols of my family, idols of my ministry, idols of my merit. It's everything in this world. Mm. But when I look to him, it all fades
0: away and it puts me in in good perspective. So so what does that look like practically looking to him?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. So even right now, I've got like this. We're in some tough places as a family. Like we I can make the list of all the things that the prayers that I need God to answer. And and it's it's OK. I I still love being a prayerful woman. Cause I love that I get to tell him it just, but here's the thing about prayer. When we do prayer, it should also leave us lighter. Mm. Like you, you have to let it go. Like it's now at his feet and I walk away in faith in the unseen. Cause it's sure of what I hope for certain of what I don't see. That's my faith. I, okay. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll wait and hope on the Lord. So for me um, right now, just I've got some prayers and things, man. And I've been so focused on them that let's say Sophia gets in the car and says something that doesn't feel like progress today. Like she says something, I'm like, you slip backwards. We're going backwards. We're going backwards, Lord. And I start, (laughs) right. And then I'm not nice and I'm edgy and I'm, I'm just, and I don't like that person. So it literally is a shift to like, I have to learn to breathe. Um, one of the prayers I've been saying lately, it's a breathing prayer. It's just inhale grace And exhale, praise. Mm. Mm -hmm. Inhale, grace, because it's grace. The Lord will do it in his time, in his way. It's grace. It's not my faith that saves. It's his grace that saves. My faith gets to contend. My faith gets to partner up with him. But I stay on his side. So grace puts me on his side and praise comes out my mouth. So that's, that's our mouth is meant for praise. Even if so, if Sophia says something that could make me slide, inhale grace and exhale. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You did a great job. It's going to get better. It's not always going to be like that. You know, it's just, come on, come on, praise. That's how I partner with God. That's how idols go. Well, we got no place to hang out here.
0: Yeah. And I love remembering his faithfulness. You know, even right now, as we're talking, I'm sure three years ago, when you went through your sticky spot with the ministry, you know, and you're, you were ready to quit. You probably, you didn't see this, that, oh, down the road, I will not even care about this. This will just be gone. Like, it won't even be a thing anymore. And I am expectant of the same thing for your situation right now. You know, that three years down the road, you'll look back and be like, oh, Okay. Amen. It all worked out. Oh, and let me just tell you, and you know my story, Rachel, about my husband,
1: by the way. He became, you know, unbeliever, turned to an atheist. But the Lord has, by grace, his grace was released over Simon's life at the right time. And I will say this too, the Lord used that time, even though it was painful. And I made ministry my idol. The Lord used it to really also refine my faith. Am I in it with God? Am I in it to get my husband? Am I in, am I in it with the Lord? And I chose the Lord over all the hardest things and our marriage was restored. So whenever the enemy now with all these other things come, because he tries, in bed I often will lay in bed at night and just say prayers and I'm just talking with the Lord. And I'll and one of my favorite things to do now is just to tell the enemy, look Look at my marriage bed. Mm. See what you did here? It's not going to work. Just kind of going, this is the evidence. I have a marriage bed. Good luck. This is covenant. Good luck. The Lord is fighting my battles, period.
0: So good. So good. And I feel like when we say those things, especially out loud, again, you know, with your mouth, yes, I feel like not- the enemy just flees. Like, I, it's like he's just like, well, she's a lost cause. I guess I'll leave here tonight. You know, I mean, he just can tell you have literally put your stake in the ground. You've reminded him who he is, that he's small and insignificant, and that he has to go. And, you know, so it's so powerful. Okay, so another thing, and I think we'll wrap up with this, I want to talk to you about, is I have seen, so back... The <laughs> From the time that I met you and found out about Revelation Wellness, mm-hmm. I have seen pretty explosive growth for the ministry and with your different things, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it was growing, but then it just continues to grow, I feel like, every <laughs> year. So here's the question, especially coming off the topic of idols. I feel like some people listening today maybe have ministries or business or want to write a book or different things. Mm-hmm. And my question is this, how do you stay hopeful when your influence is small but humble when it enlarges. How do you stay hopeful when
1: your influence is small? Mm. You stay hopeful when your influences are small (sighs) by being in the cleft, like hiding out, like knowing he's holding you back. Like it goes back to that tension we talked about. Like the more he's holding back, it's because there's a bigger release. I really believe that. So it's just stay hopeful that the Lord hears, he knows, he knows the right time. You don't want uh, one of the best prayers I prayed. And I still pray to this day is Lord, don't give me anything that my character cannot sustain. Don't give me anything that my character can't hold. Like, so he knew he had to work again. That's why you got to get in the fire, get in the sanctifying fire. So stay hopeful uh, it's hard in today's society because everything's so fast. Everything seems to be moving so quickly. Don't fall for that. Again, that's looking at things that are seen. Stop. Get your eyes off of that. Be hopeful that God knows his time, that he's hiding you in the cleft of the rock for the for the right moment in time. And then staying humble. Oh, <laughs> <Ooh>, um, <sighs> people are not a problem. People are wonderful. You have to continue to know that as you get more influence, and there's more people involved, and there's more, more, you know, more input, more output, just more of an energy going, it's, it's easy to start becoming bitter or bothered, by people or problems. And that's one of the things that I love. I study a little bit of quantum physics that that's the study of the unseen world. Just so you know, it's true. It's a science that you can study things that are unseen, that your naked eye can't see. And in that world, there are no problems. Like I love that in the unseen, in the kingdom, there's no problems. So I stay humble by knowing problems come like things are coming because the bigger the thing, the more the problems, the more the challenges. And I've told my whole team, we've all refused, we don't. Nothing's a problem, people are not problems. We just have a new challenge, and it's a place where God will be God. We continue to bow our knee, wait on the Lord, and know that in our humbling, continue to stay. He's God. He'll work it out. We love God, and we love others, and we let Him love us, because when I have a problem with you, there's a problem in me. There's something going on in me that He works it out, so it's... Both of them are a humble place to be, period. You just continue to be humble is knowing that God is God and you are here by grace. He's doing it all in his timing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've started praying a similar prayer of just that the Lord would not enlarge my territory more than I can handle, but also that I would not have any less territory than what He needs me to have. You know, because because territory is a good thing for a believer, right? You know, I I get sick of seeing the enemy have all the territory. I'm like, hey, can we get some more Christians to rise up here? Like that
1: would be awesome. (laughs) Amen. 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 But then again, see, then again, because I'll get kind of like, oh, I find myself getting frustrated with the church or people who I think should know better or do something like, Oh Lord, I repent. Okay. I repent. (laughs) Like I got to get my eyes off of people. You love them. Help me to see, uh, help me to think of them and see them the way you see them speak praise about them and then walk away. Cause yeah, my heart can get, I mean, I'm still, I'm an eight on the Enneagram people. I'm a Mm -hmm. child. Like I like, Like, what's wrong with you? How come you don't have it together by now? That's my unhealthy ache, right? Like, come on, what's holding you back instead of... Okay, actually, an eight, a healthy eight moves to a two in their health, which is a servant of people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, in my health, I just go, oh, no, we're going to serve and love God and love people.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay, our conversation has been so rich, but um, before we go, I want to just give you the chance. Is there anything else on your heart that you would like to talk about or share, or are we done here?
1: <laughs> oh, man, I just want to say to everyone, I feel like uh, people need to know this, that wherever you are in your walk with the Lord and maybe however you're feeling about your physical circumstances, like whether it's your body or your money, right? The things that we can control and touch and see, um, that God is not ashamed of you, that he, there is no problem. The kingdom's not in trouble and neither are you that whatever it is, there's actually such grace there for you to know that the Lord, wants to renew your mind, renew your heart, renew your hope. So take hope again today, but also, gosh, I just have to say, it, this is maybe a shameless plug, but would you consider going to over to the Revelation Wellness Podcast too and do a revving the word, hear God's word. Remember we talked about you have to say it, you have to think it, and you got to move your body. See what God might do for you as you exercise your faith,
0: not your fitness, your faith. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Revelation Wellness Podcast. That was actually what got me through my first and only so far marathon. But it was like joyful. I was smiling the whole time. I was, doing, hey, I was like, hey, Elisa's running the marathon with me um, <laughs> until the last like 30 minutes and my phone died. And that was tragic. But, you know, yeah, tragic. <laughs> that is I had to hear myself huffing and oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> down. Um, You'd have to just be like (laughs) singing songs in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else is crazy? This is another topic for another day. But at the end of the marathon, there's way less people than at the beginning of the marathon Uh that will preach. If you ask me, you know, Uh when you start Uh something Uh new, a bunch of people are there, but sometimes you have to like, you know, you're crossing the finish line sometimes with not many people always around. And so that relationship with the Lord has to be super solid because that was, I was like, okay, Lord, it's you and me. (laughs) And I'm slow. I was probably like almost one of the last ones finishing anyway. So I was like, there's nobody around for miles. But we did. So, um, but where else I know so the, you have the, the Revelation Wellness podcast where else can people yeah. find you online
1: personally Instagram as Adelisa Keaton with two E's but I would love um, you can find the heart of everything going on Revelation Wellness on Facebook and Instagram and of course the website revelationwellness.org
0: Perfect. And we will have all of those links in the show notes. So thank you, Elisa, for taking the time to come on. Rachel, love you so much. Thank you. All right, bye. bye Well, if you couldn't tell, I could have talked with Elisa all day because I every word that comes out of her mouth is just pure gold. So if you want to hear more from her, be sure to listen to the Revelation Wellness podcast and follow her on social media at Elisa Keaton. Don't forget to head to rachelgilbert.com forward slash Hope to take that fun 30 second writer's quiz and be sure to text the phrase real talk giveaway to the number 44222 to be entered to win giveaways from show guests and sponsors. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.